further up and further in. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy, I am so excited to be recording again today. We we took a break from recording over the summer and here we are again. I feel like I'm full of fresh ideas. We've had some really great feedback from people over the summer that said taking taking in our podcast was part of their summer self-care plan. And that really encouraged me. So I just want to thank our listeners um, for cheering us on. And if you listen and you enjoy this, we would ask that you would leave a rating on whatever app you use, because that tells other people taking the time to listen to this might be worth their while. So thank you for your support and encouragement. And please leave us a rating if you feel like you could do that for us. Unless it's a negative one, then then don't. Just send us a private email, please. Send us a private email. We will take feedback. We have a whole podcast episode on that. But we really do want to make this better. Some of you have been listening the whole time. Notice our sound is constantly improving as Amy does some Mm -hmm. super research on technology. And she does a lot of work on that. So I'm really thankful for that. So today's topic, Amy, where's the drum roll? Today's topic is discussing, it's not a versus situation, but... uh, analytical and intuitive people. Mm. And I think we actually bring a lot to the table because I am analytical foremost and you are intuitive off the bat. Yeah. So we're going to tell you all kinds of things you hardly need to know about us today. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, we should really just start with what do we mean when we say those two words? Because I think that's really important to establish the definitions before we do a whole podcast. And if people are thinking that they're different things, then that's going to confuse people right off the bat. So I'm amused already because you want to go straight to the definition and I want to share a scenario so that people (laughs) will get the feeling of what we're talking about. So here you see already the tension of our giftings, but I defer to you, Amy. Would you please define analytical and intuitive for us? So analytical is you, your first primary go-to is mind, thinking, hard knowledge. Analysis. Analysis. Intuitive is you primarily come to things with your senses and your feelings first. Sure. Would you, is that how you would... Describe it? I think that's a great place to start. Yes. I mean, so much bigger, but the basis. Sure. So what's the scenario? So in any given situation, Amy, you and I will be in the same room with the same group of people and the same stuff going on. And I am fully engaged as you are fully engaged with all your mind and all your senses. We're both in the same room. We both have eyes that see, ears that hear, blah, blah, blah. Both decently intelligent, I would say. Try to keep it humble there. Yeah. And we will both be experiencing the room a little bit differently. Sometimes I'll walk into a room and be just like, man, it feels like everyone in this room is on edge. And your process might be more factual in the sense of it seems like everyone in this room is like really silent or really jittery or talking a lot. So you're processing facts and details when I am picking up on a sense of emotion in the room. That's probably, I don't know, do you have anything to add to that? That's pretty accurate, I think. Yeah, so in all honesty, we're really, really different Mm. in how we process and experience life. And it might be maybe that in human nature, we would say there's too much tension in this. But actually what we can see is that God has really blessed us. Mm-hmm. I met with a woman the other day. We've done a, um, we did a retreat for the ladies at her church. And she said, honestly, and so these are her words, not mine. I'm not bragging on us. She said, the two of you together cover the full spectrum of people so well that I see how God puts you together very, mm. you know, with, he was a great plan. God, go figure. God yeah. had a great plan. And I love it. And I also, because I have such a bit sense of humor, get such a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And I recognize that in humanity, maybe there would be tension that would look more like competition or conflict between us. But because we recognize something incredibly powerful, we see it as a gift. And that's that God wired us both the way he did on purpose. Mm -hmm. That there's not something wrong with either one of us in our diversity or that one's better than the other, but that God in the whole spectrum of people will find themselves more on one extreme of the other. It's a spectrum. It's not a box. But you and I would represent a fairly intense level of the spectrum, I would say. Mm -hmm. I would agree with you there. So one of my things that I love to joke about is how many people have come to me. There must be something about me that's really approachable. Um, Yes, you are very approachable. (laughs) Because people say things to me that make me go, are you serious? And then I just tell myself, wow, Michelle, they must feel really comfortable with you. So I don't know how many times people have said to me, well, I would really rather talk to Amy because I can connect with her better. (laughs) Can we just laugh at that? And, uh, you know, what we were teaching, we were doing a training seminar and we were pairing up with people so we could do some mentoring. And this woman gets somehow, however, it got divided up because I didn't do that. The person who was hosting us did assign this woman to be with me. And she goes, well, I would rather be with Amy because I relate to her more. And that was really direct Mm -hmm. speech. Yes. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I like being with Amy, too. (laughs) And I said, "The, the good thing is today that God knew that you would be learning more by being exposed to someone who processes things differently Mm -hmm. than you. And so the truth is, a lot of our capacity to work with someone so closely that's so different is because we've applied everything we've taught in this podcast to our own lives. Yep, that's for sure. Yeah, because when we are different than other people, sometimes it unsettles us in our insecure places. Mm. And then we turn to pride as armor. Oh, yeah. So rather than recognizing the value that you're different than me, I want to defend why I'm better than you. Yep. And then we kind of really feed into or start believing a lot of the assumptions, lies, judgments about the people that are different than us. Mm -hmm. Right. One that often has come up in conversation with us, not out of judgment, but words people use is Mm -hmm. instead of analytical, people say logical. Yeah, and that makes me crazy. It makes you crazy. And because there is such a judgment in that, Mm -hmm. right? People that think predominantly, you know, process things with their mind. I mean, we all process things with our mind, but whatever. People that are more analytical, often what can happen is we start believing, well, we're logical because we can think through these things. Whereas the people that are feeling things, well, that's not logical because feelings aren't logical, which is just crap. Totally. Because our our thoughts can definitely not be logical. (laughs) And it's been fun watching you become more aware of that. I really... (laughs) Are we just being so honest here, aren't we, Amy? Yes. (laughs) I hate when people say I'm not logical because it's absolutely logical to me. I don't take everything that I sense as the last word. I process it through a filter Mm -hmm. that God has given me in my brain. And it's very, very logical. And the intuitiveness that he's given me, is that a word? Is, um, it is truly a way of processing things. Mm Mm-hmm. So what are some other misconceptions or um, judgments or things we use to prop up our superiority feeling against the other type? Oh, yeah. I mean, someone who's really intuitive, I can so relate to the insecurity around that, that people who process things more analytically can come across as cold and hard Mm. if that's going to be their safe place. Because... We tend to grow in the direction that's easiest for us, and then we become unbalanced. Mm, Yep. 
And I think there's room to grow for both. And Mm -hmm. so that's why we're talking about this today to clear up misconceptions and to help each person who's listening, perhaps recognize where they fall a little more on the spectrum, some Mm -hmm. of the pitfalls the enemy has for them. And because we are so delighted with what God has done and how he put you and Mm -hmm. I together, we want other people to find that treasure too. Mm -hmm. And so when we sort through this, that's why you and I love talking about this, because we found that sharing this with people helps them find the value in other people, and also take ownership of the value that God's put inside of them. It's Mm -hmm. both. Yeah. Yeah. So we have this book you and I both really enjoy by David Benner called Surrender to Love. And he probably does some of the best description in a nutshell of how we can grow in this. So if it's okay with you, Amy, can I read the part where he talks about the analytical personality type? For sure. He says, tending not to know or trust feelings People who live predominantly in thoughts and rational analysis need to learn to embrace their feelings. <gasps> what? Feelings are not safe. Okay, that was yeah. my edit, not David Benner. <laughs> Continuing with David Benner, doing so is a way of becoming more fully alive and fully human. Such people, and I count myself among them, have forgotten how to experience the world through feelings. Feelings bring new data that is missing when only thoughts are trusted. Genuinely meeting God in love, not simply in thoughts, will therefore always be deeply growth producing. Would you like to respond to this, Amy? Oh, I sure would. Yeah, like, man, that is just so packed with so much truth. And I think analytical, we get stuck in that, man, I know so much about God. We go to the knowledge, right? Like Mm -hmm. that, that is the pinnacle in our mind is like, let me know all this stuff. Let me read. Let me, you know, have my theology down. And we get to the point that we know so much about God. And that was my story where it's like, I felt like, yeah, yeah, I know so much. I'm good. I'm good. And then all of a sudden I'm like, but do I know God? Mm. And I didn't. I mean, snippets, Mm -hmm. but not to the same level now. Yeah. And it really is. For analytical people, it's like, yeah, knowledge is important. We need to have strong theology and we need to know what we think about issues. But man, we need encounters with his love. And that can only happen through feelings and deep emotion, not just our mind. Yeah. And so that's true. Experience through emotions totally will produce growth. Yeah. So if people want to know more of your process in that, you shared a lot of that in the podcast. It's called Amy's Story, where Mm -hmm. you talked about the opening up of things that you had locked down because you discovered right through the strategy of the enemy that feelings aren't safe. Yeah. But that's a strategy of the enemy to shut down part of the glory that God has put inside of you because we need the full spectrum. Exactly. Thoughts and emotions. All of our emotions, God has emotions. They're all there in scripture. Mm -hmm. And the beginning of Ephesians where it talks about, I long for you to know how high and wide and deep mm-hmm. God's love is. The word know there is not analysis. It's mm-hmm. an experience No, It's like deep intimacy knowing. Mm-hmm. So it requires that we have to have both. Yeah. And uh, what you mentioned just a little bit ago about how we tend to grow or strengthen our strengths already, and then we become out of balance. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when, right? I, I'm going to be objective, rational, analytical. And if all I'm doing is showing up in that capacity, I overstrengthen it. And now I'm skeptical, Mm. cynical, Mm -hmm. you know, questioning everything. But I remember I was talking with my dad about this and uh, he said something that was so good was, man, you don't have to think, you don't have to show up being like, I need to make sure I'm objective. I need to make sure I'm rational. You don't need to really focus on that part of you because you're made that way. You're going to show up And you're just going to be objective and rational because that's how God created you to be. 
But man, you need to really focus and work on showing up with compassion, showing up with empathy, showing up with passion and intuitiveness. That why are we focusing on our strengths? They're already strengths for a reason. Yeah, but we, we need feel to balance. safe there. Oh, for we sure. Feel so safe. When I was thinking about recording this this afternoon, I was just thinking about how when I first met you, I was drawn to you as a lovely human being, but I mm-hmm. never imagined the friendship we would have because you were so non-emotional, mm-hmm. very, very flat, like level, even keeled. Yeah. And that's attractive to me in some ways. It makes me feel safe, but I didn't think we'd have a deep friendship because I just felt like we won't connect mm-hmm. on a, at a more an emotional level. And I also felt like I should be shy about who I really am. Mm-hmm. Because it would be too much. So the enemy tells us these things. You're yeah. too this or you're too that. So mm. all the ditches, right? Yep. <laughs> Either side or the other. So how about you read, tell our listeners what David Benner has to say with people who are more in tune with their emotions. Quote from David Benner's book, Surrender to Love. People who live in close contact with their emotions need to learn to move beyond the superficial feelings that are the center of their experience to a deeper, more genuine, emotionally counter with the world. Such people do not need fewer emotions. They need deeper and more truly authentic ones. The ones from which they defend themselves with sentimentality and superficial emotional response. They also need to learn to embrace critical thinking by which feelings can be judged and reality more firmly embraced. Genuinely meeting God in love offers an opportunity to move beyond sentimentalism and emotionalism. It offers a chance to truly encounter love, to critically reflect on the meaning of that love and to ground oneself in it. So how would you respond to that description? I really, really love it. It has helped me in so many ways, even perhaps take ownership of how God has wired me because when he talks about sentimentality and things like that, I recognize that and I don't like it. But I recognize now, because he's defined it so beautifully for me, that that's just God-given wiring taken to an unhealthy place. Mm. And so the fact that he's wired me intuitively doesn't mean that I am less than or flaky. These are, you know, the the self-talk words would be that I'm just flaky, um, yeah, silly, whatever. They're not good words, that's for sure. And also, he just defines so beautifully that while you're wired to key into the world through experience the bent of that that's dark is to always be looking for feeling and experience Mm. and i have a picture in my head because i'm super visual of all these tentacles constantly reaching out for finding an orientation based on the responses and the emotions in the room and that was part really unsettling for me when i didn't understand that because my intuition, my awareness that I pick up on through my gut senses, they need to be run through a filter of data. And so now I've learned when I'm feeling a little turbulent in new spaces and places, especially I will, I have my data filter that I run things through. So are these feelings coming from insecurity? Uh, Why do I know that I have the right to show up here? Because someone invited me. So I have this sort of critical analysis that I bring to my emotion, not to undermine it, not to um, disavow it, but to simply lend it structure. Mm. And I think it's really helpful. And I think awareness of, are you just floundering around looking for feelings or are you, are your feelings contained in a structure that's God given? Mm -hmm. That's the brain. Yeah. That's so good. I, it, it helps a lot. And the thing I always tell people, man, we love using personality profiles and tools to help us grow in self-awareness. 
but we do not like them used to limit or define how people can and cannot show up. Mm, yeah. I The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. I don't care what personality God gave you, what number you have on the Enneagram, what color you are. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, self-control. Mm-hmm. So if you're an analytical person, full of the Spirit, you're still going to have joy. Yep. If you're an intuitive person, you're still going to have self-control. Yeah. The fruit of the Spirit is all of these things, and they're not limited to a personality type. They've got to be trained, mentored, and shepherded by the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. There's a passage in Romans 12 that I love, and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, uh, for starting in verse 3. He says, I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. And we've talked about how we can feel so secure in how our natural bent is. Yeah. And Paul's just saying, man, just be emptied of this. Like, don't find your identity in that. Mm-hmm. Instead, he says, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as a standard of measurement, and then you will see that your true value, then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. So to me, that just talks about cherishing the way we're created, but also really seeking out the value in others. Mm-hmm. So I love how you lend me strength. You do. Mm-hmm. There's just clear boundaries for you. Sometimes I'm just a little bit floundering, and what should I do because of this and this and this? And you just bring some rational analysis to it right away that makes me go, oh, yeah, that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say for for me, you almost, it's like a guide of appropriate emotions, for lack of a better word. It's like in situations where, man, I'm feeling things, I'm not quite sure what they are, because I'm still learning about the emotions, but you there and expressing your emotions and being free in that gives me permission, but also lends kind of support that it's like, okay, it's it's okay that I'm feeling this. Not that, you know, that there's like some unhealthy where it's like, okay, I can only feel what Michelle is. But as I'm learning to express my emotions and be aware of them and let myself feel, it's really helpful to have someone who is intuitive walking with me that I can be like, hey, I'm feeling it's like, is this okay? Is this like an odd level of feeling? No, no, no. It makes total sense that you would feel like wobbly today because do do do. And I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you. It's totally logical yeah. to feel wobbly. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> so as our listeners are, are kind of filtering this, and maybe this is the first time you've had some of these thoughts, I'm going to ask you, here's a question that I ask teams. So I have responsibility for teams that are in different leadership capacity. So I had five ladies in my office the other day, and I started the meeting with, I want each of you to say, what are your strengths and what are your not strengths? Because who wants to use the word weakness? It's true. It's better. It's like the ones that aren't as strong as your strengths. And there was sort of some big eyes in the beginning, but man, by the time two people had done it, there was so much freedom in the room. Mm. So we got ownership, this appropriate self-esteem that Paul is talking about here in Romans 12. This is what I'm really good at. Well, what are you not good at? And it was really helpful to see how we have permission to not be good at something Mm. and that someone else in the team actually has the strength that we don't have. And what I noticed between them all by the time we got around the circle was there was a joy in the room. I don't have to be all the things and I have permission to lean on this person for that and I get to show up the way I need to show up. So it was really exciting. So ask yourself, what are my strengths? You got to own them. And then say, well, what are my not strengths? And look for people that have that strength. Mm -hmm. What are some other ways as, you know, we've been really blessed that we are so different and yet we've found a way of the deep connection. How does someone move forward? Say they are analytical and they're caring, 
you know, security blanket of judgments and stuff about intuitive people that they've kind of written them off or vice versa. Mm -hmm. What does it look like to create healthy community and unity among the two, two different types or the spectrum? The first thing that pops into my head is look for people that are different from you. And then instead of shying away, get to know them a little Mm -hmm. bit. If this person makes you uncomfortable because they're different than you, be curious. Mm. Now, it could be that they're super dysfunctional and you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because sometimes people make us uncomfortable for those reasons. But I think I think people can figure out what I'm talking about here, that maybe I'm not naturally drawn to this person because they're quite different than me, but maybe I have something to mm. learn from them. Yeah. Something else that is not so much now, but was helpful for me is just really recognizing the judgments mm. as they came up. And right away, just like repenting and you know, breaking agreement with those judgments as soon as I recognize them, right? Like, oh, well, of course, those types of people would be doing that weird thing because they're all those flakies, mm-hmm. right? Like those ones were right away, right? It's like taking every thought captive and be like, no, actually, that is judgment. I break agreement with that. I repent that I have put the Holy Spirit into a box and made judgments about people that I don't even know. And right, like that helps renewing, renewing of the mind. And it changes your perspective as you just like are really, or even the gut feeling of like, ugh. Yeah. Anytime we we have a thought that starts with those kinds of people. (laughs) Probably not from Jesus. That's a flag, hey? So I'm just really grateful, Amy. Can I just thank you right now in front of all of our listeners for all the time you broke judgments against me? (laughs) And, you know, for me, I, I love the diversity even here of how we respond mm. because, go figure, I am surrounded by highly analytical people. My husband, several of my closest friends, and one thing that's actually helped me celebrate the diversity because it can be frustrating some days. Some days I just want someone to get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I celebrate the gifts. So I go to gratitude and thanksgiving Mm. right away. God, I thank you that my husband is so good at, you know, whatever the thing is, he's so good at evaluating whether this is a good decision or not. When I might instinctively go to, man, he just craps on my dreams all the time, right? Which would be, has been a great strategy of the enemy to, to bring division and frustration to our marriage. So now, man, I have so learned just don't even go there. Thank God for how he's Mm. wired him and persist in the conversation. Yeah. Gratitude and worship. Another thing that's really helpful, just really practically, is just be aware of your what language you're using and how you're speaking. Mm-hmm. That often, sometimes, instead of me coming to you and say, well, what do you think about that? <laughs> yes. I mean, you get there, but yeah. it, it helps if I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, man, how are you feeling about this mm-hmm. retreat we're going to? Mm-hmm. Right? And it's just <laughs> changing the difference between feeling and thinking. Actually, you know, as people are figuring out how to connect really gives people space. Yeah. Because, man, when people used to ask me, well, how do you feel about that? I felt panicky. because oh, yeah, I was your like, eyes would get really big. I'm like, I, I have no thought. Like, I have thoughts about that. Feelings, I don't, like, I don't know. What are you expecting from me? Am I supposed to have feelings about this? But what if I don't, right? But yeah. it's just, like, thinking. And then from there, getting to the whole picture. And we kind of joke now because I've taught myself to say, so, Amy, what do you think about this instead of how do you feel about it? Yeah. So now I go, how do you think, feel about this, yeah. Amy? <laughs> and we laugh together because we know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so don't be threatened by the difference. Recognize that the enemy of your soul actually wants you to be separated and divided from other people. He wants you to feel like you're not the right kind of person. Mm-hmm. We have another friend who said so many times, I'm not the right kind of person. 
because I don't pick up on things the Holy Spirit is saying or doing the way you do. And man, that just crushes something inside of me. No, God has made you so uniquely special and you're hearing from him. Let's figure out how it is that you hear from him. We have a podcast about that, hearing Mm -hmm. from God, that people hear from God in a wide variety of ways. Mm-hmm. There's not just one way because we're all made differently. So mm-hmm. God's going to talk to us intimately. And I remember you having these light bulb moments where you were like, I have always just thought this was my own thought, but now I'm seeing that God mm-hmm. is giving me these thoughts. Yeah. So you're picking up on stuff from God in a way that's supernatural to you. So you can think it's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have been super conscious too in our relationship. And it's probably helpful for other people. Man, when people say, I would rather be with Amy right now. Mm. <laughs> like, who am I? Chop liver. I'm the one that brought Amy here, right? The little voices in my head. And meanwhile, I'm like, why would anyone want to talk to me? Michelle's like the person that they wanted to bring here. And I'm just like tagging along. And she's so like welcoming and approachable and feeling. So see how the enemy works? He's chattering nonstop yeah. to all of us. And he would, he would do that to weaken us. This passage in mm-hmm. Romans 12 that I started with, it, as it goes on, it talks about all the parts of the body being needed. Yeah. And so I've really consciously told myself, there's room for both of you in this world. Yep. It's not like people are going to go to Amy and Michelle will be left in the ditch because there's yep. no need for a Michelle in the world. That would be such a lie of the enemy. Mm-hmm. And that something that makes me actually excited that I think we model is that the honor we have for each other creates mm. safe spaces for other people to flourish. Yeah. And and we want that. We want people to experience the full spectrum of the diversity of God and his beauty And we want to create safe spaces for people to flourish Mm because we long for everyone we encounter to go further up and further in. 